You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi, and they're willing to help you each and every day. Great customer service, great rates, and that's our friends at Farm Bureau. Go to favorites.com. Well, Charlie, how you doing this morning, man? Well, it's a beautiful morning here in Startville, downtown. Did you go to the Wiener Dog races yesterday? I did go to the Wiener Dog races. How were they? It was good, man. There were people everywhere. It was, it was a really good event. I saw some video of it. looked awesome. looked like a lot of fun yesterday. And so, hey, uh, you sent a tweet out last night that we only have – we had 33 home games this year. We had three games that we did not broadcast. And you were grilling last night. I spent my day yesterday at a 12-year-old ball field all day long yesterday down in Louisville, big tournament down in uh, L-Town. And, uh, of course, I missed four games this year. You had the Friday night game with Matt White. So I did not see the Friday game. I went back and watched the replay of it. I watched the game on TV last night just as I got home from 12-year-old baseball. And so today, when we jump on the air today, today will be the first live baseball of Mississippi State and Arkansas that I've seen this weekend. You are doing what they refer to in the newspaper industry as burying the lead. Okay. (laughs) So what's happened is you've gotten a couple of paragraphs out but you hadn't really got to the story. Well, the story. And I know that if Bart Gregory was sitting at home watching this ball game yesterday, I know, and I know because we text each other, that you're not a happy person. Today. Well, and so you come in, you're smiling, you're jovial, you know, shaking hands out on the street and all that, but you're not a happy guy. And you know how, um, and I appreciate the way you brought that up because sometimes, Charlie, you are my voice of reason. Okay, you are the the calming. I'm the you can't say that guy. You're exactly that. And so last night, as I'm like sending you just a multitude of texts, and when Charlie is trying to calm Bart down, what he does is is he doesn't even reply. Is he wants to make sure that I just let it go. And so last night in the second inning, you weren't letting it go. I was not letting it go. <laughs> that was. when you and I do games we have people who will send us messages and sometimes your phone is just ping 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 that was you yesterday you were just texting through it oh I was and and let me tell you what I was texting about should I be you know full disclosure here with our our listening audience here okay here is what had me absolutely infuriated last night Okay, and hey, I've slept slept on it, and I'm still mad about it, okay? (laughs) So in the second inning yesterday, let's get to it right here. And hey, we're brought to you by Strange Brew Coffee House, because I want to talk about Strange Brew when I'm in a good mood, okay? Because I'm probably about to go south. Strange Brew Coffee House, you just can't beat it. I've got my big old cup of blueberry cobbler-flavored coffee this morning, a little bit of cream, a little bit of sugar, getting ready for the broadcast today. 
you just can't beat Strange Brew. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship it to you. They'll ship you some mugs. Four locations now, two in Startville, one in Tupelo, one in Tuscaloosa. And that's our good friends, the best coffee you can drink at Strange Brew Coffee House. All right, let's turn the worm. Here we go. Yesterday in the second inning, we walked the leadoff guy. Okay, he was the five-hole hitter. If you want to be careful with a five-hole hitter, okay, go ahead. But here's my problem. And I don't even really concede that point, but I'll play along. I don't like walking the leadoff guy, but I will play along. Good hitter probably getting on anyway. Okay, so let's go to the bottom of the order. Six, seven, and eight, and nine. The six-hole hitter is two for 21 at the plate. Remind you, Arkansas is without just about their entire outfield this weekend. Okay. Yeah, the only guy they still have is Borfin. Yes. They move the right fielder over to center. But Josenberger, their normal center fielder, is out. You've got Wagner, the normal left fielder, who's out. And to give you an idea of how good Wagner is, I think he still leads the team in RBIs and home runs, and he hadn't played in a couple of weeks. Yeah, he's not here. He is not. He so is, they're down some dudes. Yes. And, you know, one of the reasons you kind of felt like, well, this weekend has a chance, okay? So Neville, the left-handed freshman who is batting a buck twenty-five, okay, is at the plate, and we hit him with a breaking ball in the foot on the second pitch, okay? All right? It happens. Shouldn't happen. Not right there. Next guy comes to the plate, grounds out the third. Next guy, we strike out. That's rolling. So we got two outs and runners at second and third. And now we've got Mr. Bolton coming to the plate. We talked about him the other day. He don't hit. He don't hit at all. He's below 200. So you've got the nine-hole hitter at the plate with second and third and two outs. you got the top of the order due up next. And here is how we pitch to Mr. Bolton, the nine-hole hitter. Breaking ball, breaking ball, change up, change up, fastball, breaking ball, breaking ball and we walk him on a 3-2 pitch. We throw him seven pitches. We throw one fastball to the nine-hole hitter with second and third and the top of the order coming up next. So now we have loaded the bases because we try to nibble with a 3-2 breaking ball over the outside corner, and it barely misses, but it misses. So we walk the nine-hole hitter. We throw him seven. I won't repeat it. We threw him seven pitches, one fastball. So here's the thing, Charlie. We threw 19 pitches to the six, seven, eight, and nine hole hitters. 19 pitches, six fastballs. So, this is the text that I sent you last night. It's almost like the guy who gets thrown out at third and the ball beats him by a mile. The third baseman has the ball and he doesn't even tag him, he misses the tag. And the umpire calls him out. The coach comes out and says, Hey, get. He missed the tag. Coach, let me tell you something. He may have missed the tag, but he deserved to be out. When you throw 19 pitches to the six, seven, and eight, nine hole hitters with runners at second and third and two outs, when you throw six fastballs out of 19 pitches, one out of seven to a guy batting 180, it's almost like you deserve it. It made me think as I was getting that about a conversation that we had a couple of years ago, back in 21, we're playing at Auburn. You remember, we've got a guy on third. There's two outs. Forsyth is hitting. And at the time, Forsyth was basically the same hitter that, that you were dealing with yesterday, right? And they spiked the breaking ball through a wild pitch, and we won the game by one. Yeah. And 
Tim Hudson was calling pitches, and you could see Butch Thompson about to lose his mind because you got the nine-hole hitter who can't really hit, put it on a tee for him, I don't care, but don't throw anything in the dirt, right? Don't don't get beat trying to be cute. You don't throw a breaking pitch there. Same kind of thing. Now, my issue isn't so much that you threw a breaking pitch on 3-2, if the guy's got a feel for it, what have you. Well, let me take that back. That is an issue. But my bigger issue is the sum total, the sum total of that. At some point, they got three guys in their lineup who just can't hit. I mean, at least. Well, the first pitch was a breaking ball we bounced. And so then you're down 1-0. And so I go back to my point. Uh, so you walk the nine-hole hitter. They haven't scored a run yet. But then all of a sudden you open yourself up. Then Diggs, who comes to the plate, he went three for four in a game yesterday, singles through the left side, you're down 2 nothing. And then the next guy hits a pop-up in the center field that you run a banana route out in, you know, out in the outfield and then kind of lollygag to try to get into it and then try to make a sliding catch. is about two feet off the ground. They called that a base hit. I don't understand how you call that a base hit. I know most times you give the benefit of the doubt with a guy sliding trying to make a catch, but that was an error. And so all of a sudden you're down four to nothing. We could have poured water on the coals in the outfield and gone to the house right then. That game is over at that point. So three hitters right there in the second inning. A walk of the nine-hole hitter, you give up the single, and then a pop fly error that was called a single. So here's the thing. As bad as we fielded it yesterday, it was I, bad. I thought we had a couple more errors than we, we actually were charged for. But – See, I'm working myself into a lather right now, Charlie. Well, see, that's why I was mad because it was one of my three games I get off. And I didn't get all <laughs> nine innings. Only got seven. Um, so, so then when I look back at yesterday, hey, the game on Friday, let, let's back this up a minute. Um, the game on Friday, Cade Smith showed me what I wanted to see out of our pitching. And you say, well, look, Cade Smith – took the loss in that ball game. We got beat 6-2. to two. We're not happy. I get that. But you know what this guy did? So he comes out in the ball game. He walks the leadoff guy. Then he gives up a home run. And you were thinking, here we go again. Here we go again. We're right back into it. Just the way it was last Sunday. We walks, home runs. But here's what then Cade Smith does. Retires the next three guys in the first. Retires the side in order in the second and the third. He'd end up retiring 11 straight before giving up a two-out single to Cali, who could hit, but comes out against Neville, gets the strikeout. So, so he sees four batter in the fourth, sees no harm, does the same thing in the fifth. Comes back out in the sixth. His pitch count was up a little bit. A single and a home run, but then he pitches out of trouble again. Point of it being this. Cade Smith had two mistake pitches. And was hurt with a single before one and a walk before the other, but the guy competed. I have zero problem, zero problem with Cade Smith's outing on Friday. And I thought, to your point, there were a lot of times where he just threw it past some people. Well, he it, pitched with some dog in him. He he did, and that that's a that's a great point to bring me out of my lather because. What did we say in our tracks plus deep dig? Man, today, this first game is a game we have to have 18 outs from Cade Smith. You got 18 outs from Cade Smith. He gave up four runs on five hits, eight strikeouts and two walks through 97 pitches. Let me tell you this. That was good enough. That was was good enough. He gave up two two two-run bombs, 
But I thought, you know, when you start talking about this team, Charlie, we yesterday it's about, you know, it's not just pitching, it's pitch, pitch selection. It's also about the way you field. No, 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 no. Hold on. It's not just about the way you field. Bold that, italicize it, underline it, put some stars by it. It's not fielding like a competent 12U team. And and that, that seems harsh. Anytime you start saying, well, the travel ball's better. These guys aren't this bad. And that's what I think if I were looking at it, somebody came by yesterday and they, they sat down and they said, what do you do? And I said, well, there's a few things I would have to know. But the first thing is, like, if I were made czar, and for many reasons it's good that I have not been. The baseball administrator. Be. Yeah, if I, were, if I were that guy. The thing that I think you have to do is you have to look at this team and more than this team, this program, everything about it, with no preconceived ideas. You have to step away from the pressure of fans. You have to step away from the pressure of players and rosters and parents, whatever. And you got to go into the lab and you got to you got to disassemble the car all the way down to the last bolt. You got to clean them all off and you got to look at them. And what I'm saying here may be a bit reactionary. If it is, this is my little rant. Okay, Bart. Here's what I can I have a little room. I'm here for it. I think we have to look at everything. I have never been a fan of the coaching staff that pulls the, well, we're going through spring practice without decals on our helmets because you have to earn the right for the decal. And, you know, you got to earn your number. That's a bunch of hogwash. Everybody knows as soon as the season starts, you're going to have a decal and a number. And until somebody rolls one out there, don't give me the you got to earn it kind of mess, okay? I hate that. But, all right. So what you're saying is, but – well, we play with a lot more attitude when we had to get dressed across the street and walk over. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not advocating throwing people out of their dugout, but what I'm saying is this. Um, and, again, this is – I get it. I, I get it. And a lot of people will be listening and say, Charlie, you're missing the point. This is stupid. You know what I would do? You know the very first thing that I would do? I would take all the videos down from our our board. People say, well, we spent a lot of money on that thing. We need entertainment. We need fan experience. And for a moment right here, I don't care about fan experience. I care about winning. We got too many guys on video boards pointing at their numbers, pointing at their names. And it's not their fault. They were asked to do it. We have the video day, but they're done. This whole Carnegie Hall of Baseball, done. I was done with Carnegie Hall of Baseball for years. <laughs> I know you are. But do you get where I'm going? I mean, there's just too much – it's like the major league. We're coddling these guys too much. It's a simple game. <laughs> you, <laughs> you throw the ball, you catch it. I guess what I'm saying is, and I get it, I get it, I'm overreacting, I sound dumb, I'm becoming the old man here, but at some level, you ever heard the saying that, you know, there are some guys born on third base and feel like they hit a triple? I could give you a name of a couple right now. Okay. <laughs> it, it's it's, it's kind of like to some degree that once – I want to. I want our guys to earn their way around the bases. And the other thing that I think you have to do is you you have to be willing to look at every aspect. You got to look at how we use the pitching lab. If we do, you got to look at you know what sort of weight training are we doing. I mean, you got to look at all of it. Am I wrong? Well, and you got to look at communication issues. We we have a lot of guys who belong here, who have played well enough to earn the opportunity of playing at the highest level of college baseball. 
And we have some guys who have it in their head right now. I mean, we have some guys that are, are very passive right now. We have some guys who I don't know if they think that they belong at this level right now, and they may not. We are not playing with, as a program right now with any kind of swagger. And that, so, and here's when it, when it hit me, Charlie, is this morning when I got up and we get this email from the SEC, and, of course, you know, we'll have to broadcast today. We get all these stats. and and But to me, all, out of all the stats that we got and the box scores from everywhere else, everywhere else in, in the league, there's this one piece of paper that they send, and it's the road to Hoover. And this is where you are as of today. And, of course, in LSU, if the tournament was today, you're, LSU's the one seed, and Vanderbilt's the two, and Arkansas's the three, and I could go through the whole thing. But at the end of the day, when you roll it down to the very bottom, it says, out of the tournament, number 13, Mississippi State, number 14, Ole Miss. Hey, you can dislike Ole Miss all you want, man, but we needed the Rebels to win that game yesterday because then Missouri would have been two games ahead of us. Missouri's a game ahead of us right now, or half a game ahead of us right now, going into today. But, and we talked about this last week, what does it show you about winning? How important is it winning games down the stretch? And we talked about how I think you have to win because last year you lost at Missouri and then you lost out the rest of the way. And this year you feel like you got to win some just to prove to yourself and prove to the fan base, prove to everybody in the program that you didn't give up that you didn't give up the ghost that you didn't quote unquote quit and I'm not calling anybody a quitter but I'm just saying sometimes it spirals out of control and we said a couple of weeks ago when you lose that game to Auburn in game three how you lost it was very similar to how you lost at Missouri last year and how would this team regroup from that loss well that started a five-game losing streak in the SEC. So then you ask yourself the question, how big is today? Because you go to Baton Rouge, the number one team in the country, next week. Woof. Exactly. So I'm, I say all that to say this. I think what we're dealing with right now is just unprecedented. And you, me and you were talking about this before, the, before we went on the show today. Even 2008, Coach Polk had announced his retirement. But down the stretch, we won some ball games. We won three of our last four of that game. Or that year, rather. Yeah. Um, and so, I guess what I'm saying is... And that year seemed miserable. Yeah, we got the best ballpark in America. We got the best fans in America. Man, I'm telling you. Showing up to the ballpark yesterday and you see all those people, had a ton of people in the outfield. Now, I don't know how many were actually watching the game, especially when they got down 8 to nothing. But the people are still there. This That's the thing that hit me was because I was in the outfield for the game and... It hit me that I had spent basically an inning with my back to the field just talking. And that's not how I am, right? That's that's not in my DNA. But yesterday? It was. But uh, so I guess I guess to bring this, this point home is when you start looking at the amenities, when you start talking about the locker rooms, when you start talking about the field, and you start talking about everything associated with what if you asked – a college baseball fan in Pullman, Washington, to Corvallis, Oregon, to Austin, Texas, and you said, give me the top ten schools in college baseball, every single person that's a Mississippi that every single person that's a college baseball fan would name Mississippi State in their list of top ten. And we're talking about thirteenth best in the SEC right now, after missing the tournament last year. There there is 
Well, and I'm going to give th- you this something. is mind numbing well, that we are at this point. And I'm going to give you something that's you may get mad at me for saying this, but I don't know that I want to go to Hoover. I want to win. For me, I guess the better way to say it is this: getting into Hoover is not the issue for me. I don't care. What I care about is how are we playing. And if you play well, you'll get there. I don't want to back into Hoover because Missouri plays bad down the stretch. You, you get what I'm saying? Well, I think I, you're about to get your wish. <laughs> but that's the – Oh, if, I know. If we get there, I want it to be because we what, we got seven SEC games left because we won four of them. Right. Yes. I, I don't want it to be because we picked up one and everybody else was worse than we were. I don't think this really fits what I'm about to say in terms of – any rational analysis, but there have been a lot of times that you and I have come in together on a Sunday morning and we've said today's game is important. Today's game really matters. Today's game is one you have to win. And normally when we're talking about that, I'm thinking about NCAA regionals. I'm thinking about a lot, a lot more, a lot loftier goals right now though. I think to look, let's just be honest. We could be, we could coach it well next weekend. We could play well. We could have the attitude we need to have and still get swept down in Baton Rouge. They're they're just good, and we're not. Today, let, let's go back and look at this. Arkansas, you can say, what's well, the number six team in the country? But they're not all here. They're down a couple of arms. They're down two outfielders. They're down a second baseman. And these aren't just guys. These are their best guys. These aren't back-of-the-lineup guys they're missing. These are these are guys who are dudes. We have to take advantage today, and I think today is the day that I told you before about working with a guy who said, let's do something even if it's wrong. I'll be a little bit frustrated if we show up today and we got the same old lineup card. Today is the day I want to do something different. I want to do something different in a lot of places. And when I say that, nothing should be sacred. Body language to me is a big deal. And it it is to a lot of people who are around sports, how you react. I thought the final – I was about to say the final six innings yesterday, but we were cut short. The final four innings yesterday, I thought our body language was pretty bad. I want to see body language today. I think body language to me and what you see out out of people today is going to tell you a lot about where you are as a program. I'm not talking about just today. I'm talking about overall as a program. And so that's why today is big to me. If we roll out there today with the same lineup card and roll through with the same exact emotions, then I am going to be – and, hey, I'm already, I'm already concerned. I'm going to turn him from deeply concerned to deeply, deeply – Gravely concerned. Yeah, gravely concerned. And, hey, I guess before we go any further, we start, about, start talking about gravely concerned. You know what you can dig a grave with? A mini excavator. Wow, you are going dark. (laughs) (laughs) Your mood is darker than your coffee today. Yes, it is. Tracks Plus. Go to tracksplus.com. If if you need to dig up a big old hole and throw a bunch of garbage in the hole, cover it up. Our good friends at Tracks Plus with those Saney excavators and mini excavators. The Barco equipment for the Foresters. Denny Seamoff mulching heads. They've got five locations now. Hickory, Startwell, Columbus, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and now over in Bessemer, Alabama. So, tracksplus.com if you need some heavy equipment, new or used. 
And so they are your great go-to. It's a, started out as a small company. It's gotten big now. But just because of the, how they treat their customers, their service center is outstanding as well. Our friends at Trax Plus. And also we talked on Friday or Thursday about Heartland Catfish. Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you could possibly want. And they serve it at great restaurants around the south. And, hey, the next time you go to Arkansas, you go just west of Memphis over in Wynn, Arkansas. And in Wynn, they've got a place called Ribs and More. And we talked about this the other day. The more is the catfish that they have. They have great catfish on the menu at Ribs and More in Wynn, Arkansas. Also up at Fred's Fish Camp, uh, Fred's Fish House in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Charlie, we talked about this the other day as well, about uh, going fishing on the White River up in Arkansas, which, man, that's just pure. It's great. Here's where I, where I love fishing on the White River is when it's hot in, like, July, and then when you kind of walk down that hill, that White River's running, and, man, it's cool. It feels great. And so when you go to Arkansas, Mountain Home, Fred's Fish House, man, they cook some great catfish up there as well. So that's about as positive as I can get right I now. I do have one question about food. Okay. So a lot of times you can go into restaurants and get like the two meat combo, something like that. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, do ribs and catfish go together? That's more of an either or, isn't it? Let me tell you something. There's always room for ribs. I mean, you could do that together. Yes. Okay. You could get the ribs and the catfish. Why not? Okay. I just I didn't know if those two. Now you don't. I don't think you want to put them side by side on the plate because I'm not sure if the barbecue sauce of the ribs if it rubbed off on the catfish that would not be no i don't know if it goes together there kind of like your bad attitude is going to rub off some people this morning too (laughs) actually i'm not exactly sure you're going to be polluting the water here today (laughs) everybody's mad right now hey while we're you you had something that uh bothered you i want to give you one actually i think i've already given you one i want to give you another do you realize in the ball game on friday we sometimes, I think, let the hitters off the hook a little bit. But one guy had two hits. Everybody else? Over. Ledbetter had the, had the first three hits of the weekend. How about that? Oh, for 23. Not named Ledbetter in the ball game on Friday. And then yesterday we put up some run of hits late. But, I mean, come on. Yeah. It Dakota was. Jordan hit one a mile. Okay. I mean. No, and we've said this. We've had some games where offensively we have been really. So I actually used this reference yesterday. Somebody was saying, well, if you look at our hitting numbers, they're not that bad. I said, here's the problem. In basketball, I used to say that Tang Hamilton would average 14, and he'd do it by scoring 26 one night and two the next. (laughs) Then you have guys who just every night give you 14, right? It's the old, if you ever took a stats class, standard deviations. Okay, there was high standard deviation on some of these guys. The range was big of what you could expect. To me, that's the issue with our hitters. We are the guys who you can say, well, all right, we're here's where we are in batting average, not that bad. But you don't know what you're going to get. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely makes sense. We used to talk about some guys who were, were midweek type guys. I always thought Sammy, Sammy Sosa, all right, I was a Cubs fan growing up, all right. So I'm used to this. So Sammy Sosa – hit all these home runs, but it always seemed like Sammy Sosa hit the home run in the 7-1 to game. You know what I'm saying? Yes. He always hit the home run in the game that didn't matter, 
but the at bat that you needed a base hit, Sammy was swinging for the fences and striking out. All right, some guys have a great midweek. Tuesday, Wednesday against Arkansas Little Rock, man, seven of eight. But then when you need it, and that's just that's just life. You know who likes to see us is Brady Slavens. I told First you. baseman for Arkansas. He was one of your guys who could smoke you. Slavens in the ball game on Friday hit two missiles at Luke Hancock. One we caught as a line drive. The other we went off the glove but able to make the throw to first to get the out. Then he hits a home run, and then he comes back yesterday, does it again. He had gone – when we went up to Arkansas last year, he had – been hitless in five games. They sat him. They didn't even play him in game one. Get him in the lineup, he goes two for four with a home run against us. And this is a guy that loves seeing Mississippi State across the way. But you know what? Arkansas likes seeing us. They beat us nine out of ten. Yeah. Nine out of the last ten games Arkansas has beaten us. Two years ago when they left here after they swept us, and we said at the time, you see the difference right now in us and the top team in the country. We ended up, we ended up winning the national championship that year. Now you look across and you see Arkansas and the difference in us right now is, I mean, they're probably – I don't want to take anything away from Arkansas at all. They're a top ten team, I think. I think they're, you know, eight, nine, ten best team in the country. When they're healthy, they're probably even better. And I know at times, you know, Dave Van Horn, you know, is it's hard to believe he's been doing this for 21 years at Arkansas. And, you know, sometimes you talk about, you know, grumpy old man and everybody talks about Dave a little bit, And even though I, I think he's a really good guy. But this may be his best coaching job. I don't see anybody out there on that team that is like makes you think – first-round draft pick, No, I mean, at all. What he's doing with these injuries is phenomenal. It is. It really is. So, I want to go back to that sweep that we took at the hands of Arkansas a couple of years ago. After, and I know you and I have talked about this, and, and this is what I wonder when you start to say, hey, where's the hope for going forward? This is the thing I wonder if we have. So, after that game, my wife and I, the Sunday game, so we had been swept. My wife and I go eat. And sitting down behind us, where you could hear what they were talking about, but they had no idea we were there, were Brad Cumbest and Tanner Allen. Okay, And so it was just two guys who had just gotten swept. And, you know, I'm not that guy sitting there prying on the conversation, but you, you can't help but hear it in the restaurant with no music on, right? Now, I'll tell you this, too. To hear a conversation between Tanner Allen and Brad Cumbest, you kind of got to put your nan away your ears on a little bit to understand the conversation. Well, I, I particularly enjoyed the part where they were arguing about who was aligned with whom in World War II, but that's a, a different issue. Um, <laughs> but I listened as I was sitting there, and I listened to Tanner Allen, and they basically said, hey, you know what, we got to get in the locker room. We got to – we got to fix this. We're fine. We got to go win some games. This doesn't change anything that we can accomplish. We got to get better. But the whole mindset and the whole discussion was basically how we have to get in the locker room and fix this. And then you say, all right, well, that's easy. A couple of guys just sitting around. But you know what you did the next weekend? You swept Kentucky. 
And then the weekend after that, you swept Auburn. And the weekend after that, you took two out of three for Ole Miss. And so the point of it being, you had a couple of guys, and they weren't alone. Obviously, there were other leaders on that team. You had leaders of the pitching staff. You had Rowdy and those things. But th- these guys basically were sitting there saying, we, we got this, no time to panic, but we're going to show everybody the way. It takes two things, though, when you want to have leaders. And that's the thing that sometimes we say is, well, we got to have leadership. we got to have leadership. Yeah, well, the first thing you need is somebody capable of being that leader. And typically, you need your leader to be the guy who's the best player. You and I talked about one of the things that made Tanner Allen so good is he was the hardest worker and your best player and your biggest leader. Okay, see, it's very rare that all things match, but you'd like to have some of that. But that's one thing you got to have is the guy who's capable of being the leader. The next thing, though, you got to have some people willing to follow. And that's the thing right now when you watch some of the body language guys leaving the field, when you, you see the guys kind of meeting them out the line. A lot of times we, we tend to blame people for not taking leadership. Sometimes, though, the analysis is who's following. Am I, I, I just yeah, wonder if that kind of conversation's taking place anywhere the way I heard that day. Because I will tell you, listening to those guys, I was like, all right, we're, we're okay. And I just wonder if that's happening. And I'm not casting aspersions on anybody. I just don't know if it is. You mentioned who's in the lineup. And I think we're going to find out, you know, probably an hour from now, you know, who's in the lineup today. You know, what changes do you make? I mean, let me ask you this. If you show up today and so many people, I saw so many texts yesterday about, you know, the body language in the second half of that game yesterday or the, the body language all weekend, to be honest with you. Other than, you know, Cade was great Friday night. I just want to make sure that you throw that to Cade Smith was good Friday. But, you know, the whole thought process of, hey, this team has quit. This team, you know, this team is done mentally. Then – do you show up today and say, you know what, I'm about to put some guys out there. It's almost not like you give up mode as a coaching staff, but it's almost like, hey, to heck with it. We got ten games left. I, I, we got some guys I'm just about to throw out there. Yeah, if I were the, the head coach of a team that's struggling, I think the first thing I'd want to know is where do I stand. And if I know that I've got some support, then we're going to start making some hard decisions and some changes right now. And like I said, they may be big changes. And if for no other reason, then I just got to make them. Yep. Sometimes sometimes the old truck has been through the forest and gotten beaten up. How do you get it fixed? How do you bang out those dents? Hey, they can do that at Cannon Ford. Cannon Ford, if you have a dent from Highway 12, if someone ran into you yesterday leaving the wiener dog races, the body shop is outstanding. If you need an oil change, if you need new brake pads, if you've got a light that's coming on and you don't know what said light means, just run it up there. The service center is outstanding. But if you're in the market for a new or used car, ask for Chris Keen. He's the general manager out there. They will find you something that will suit you. If they don't have it, they'll find it. And that's the great thing about Canon is they have so many dealerships around Mississippi. Even if it's not a Ford, hey, they can find you something. Their customer service is outstanding. Go to Canon Ford, just east of Startwell on Highway 182. They will take care of you. 
because a lot of people in advertising world, they'll sit there and say, hey, listen, you need to go to so-and-so place because of their service, because of their service with a smile, with the way they take care of people. At Cannon Ford, it's like legit. I mean, it's literally legitimate. So go by and see our friends at Cannon Ford. All right, Charlie. Hey, we got baseball later today. It'll be me and you, Arkansas-Mississippi State, game three of the three-game series. I need you to make sure, okay, that if I start wandering toward any kind of negativity. No, we're going to have that discussion before the game. (laughs) We're going to have that discussion before we ever hear the okay, go part of this broadcast. Uh, Because, you know, there have been a few times that I've had to look at you. And, again, when we do the SEC Network broadcast, we have to – you know, played a little more straight up, right? And we try to honor the game of baseball by doing that. Right. Um, because I respect SEC baseball enough that – but there have been a time or two where, well, there's another home run. Uh, another base hit to left. And I've had to just kind of look at you and say, all right, man, pick it up. <laughs> and I think here's the reason why is one of the hardest things to do in broadcasting it's not to calm yourself when something good is happening. It's to not be a fan when something negative is happening. That's the hardest part of broadcasting. For me, it is. Because here's the thing. It's just like, you know, me and you both. I mean, and that's that's why it's tough to have negative. You know, anything that comes across as harsh or negative is because, man, I love this program. I love this place. And I want us to compete. We've given, you know, we've given guys so many opportunities to win. And you want to see that because you do respect this place so much and what's gone into this place. And so there is love in my heart of trying to make it better. No, there's no question about that. And I think, I think we're at the point that I think the thing that frustrates me the most is that we are at the point now of kind of when you and I come in, it's one of those, what are you going to say about this, man? And we still got seven SEC games to go. So it's uh, it's tough, but I hope, my 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 hope. And, and I don't want to paint with too broad a brush. That's the last thing I guess I want to say today. I am not at all suggesting that we don't have some guys on this team who are dogs because we do. And it goes back to what we said about Cade Smith and we got some others. And performance and attitude don't always equal. Sometimes you've got a really good attitude. Sometimes you've got a really good approach. Sometimes you have been working hard and you're exactly where you need to be and it still doesn't work. Sometimes the opposite is true. And so I think if I were going into today's game, I'm not so much looking at how many hits you got on the weekend. I'm not so much looking at how many strikes you threw. What I'm looking at is something completely different. I want to find the guy. You know, there's always on the team the guy who just really wants to play, that kind of hangs around the coach, that wants his turn. Maybe he screwed up before. Maybe things didn't go well, but he he needs another chance. Those are the guys that I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be looking for the guys who are trying. And I'm going to pay more effort right now if I'm making out the lineup card to who's got some fight, who's got some dog. I'm telling you right now, Cade Smith is going to be my guy because of what he showed me the other day. And I don't care if he gives up five runs in the first. Cade, you tell me if you're ready. You know what I'm saying? I want to find the equivalent of that today. Even if it doesn't go well, I want to find out who's ready to fight. Yep. 
I think Bryce Chance is one of those guys. Yeah, wants to play, right? Wants to play. Somebody just shows up every day, works hard, wants to play. All right, hey, thanks to our good friends at uh, Farm Bureau. We'll go with the home team at Farm Bureau. And, of course, this is Strange Brews Coffees. Strange Brew Coffees. Sunday Coffee. Brought to you by Strange Brew Coffee. Our good friends at Tracks Plus. Heartland Catfish. You can get that great Heartland Catfish at Ribs and More in Wynn, Arkansas. And Fred's Fish House in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Good friends at Cannon Ford of Startwell. Cannon Ford. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. And then Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.